Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I want to welcome everyone to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and today we have Pennsylvania Librarian Kevin McGuire. So Kevin, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background with the library. Thanks for having me, Laura. I really enjoy your podcast, so I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you. So my background in the library is probably a little different than many of the people that you've had on here. And I say that because although I like libraries and like books, have been a lifelong reader, I never really thought of it as a potential career for me. And the reason I say that is because I went to school to be a history teacher and uh, actually started out my career in the classroom. And in Pennsylvania, you have the opportunity, if you have a teaching certificate, to take practice exams to be certified in other areas. So after my first year where I work in in Pittsburgh at Woodland Hills High School, I was actually furloughed after my first year. And I've always been called back. I've been furloughed a couple of times, you know, things happen uh, in terms of education and budgets and and whatnot. But that first summer I was furloughed, I made it my mission to try to get certified in everything I could get certified in. And I did that so, you know, if the school had openings, they could bring me back in, in other roles and I'd still have, have a job. Mm-hmm. So I took the English praxis, I took the business and computer praxis, and I took the library science praxis. Mm-hmm. And I taught in the classroom for a couple of years. I taught social studies and I taught English. So this is my 14th school year, but 13th actual year of teaching. You know, teachers always kind of get a little muddled on that. uh, How many years have you been working? But I I got those certifications and I'm I'm so glad I did because I was able to move into different positions when they were available. And the the first year I I was told like, okay, now now next year you're going to be the librarian because there was a retirement. I was kind of like, what? I what? I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't, I mean, I knew it was possible. (laughs) Yeah. So exactly. So that just having, by having the certification, I guess I had signed up for it. Right. So I was, was moved into that position and, you know, I I hate to say like, I mean, that's completely a stroke of luck. Right. Uh, I did, there was really nothing on my part that, that, that qualified me other than the exam, but I'm so glad that that happened. Like this is one of the the moments of life that just kind of things kind of take care of themselves for you. And this is definitely one of them. And I've been in this position for 10 years and, you know, I, I would not have it any other way. This is just really truly my calling. And it's, it's the best parts of being a classroom teacher because I'm able to pursue things that I'm really interested in, personally. And that's kind of like what I, what I really get excited about, but it's just, it's, it's that perfect interaction with, with the adults and the students. And that's what I really feel that I, I, I flourish in that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would go back to the classroom if I had to, of course, but I, I prefer this much, much more just because of the impact. Yeah. 
I love that too, that the impact just grew, you know, immensely, you know, you, you had impact in your classroom, but then when you moved to the school level, it's like, oh my gosh, it's not exactly. students. And, you know? and that's what some, somebody actually told me that when I initially moved there to actually almost comfort me, it was kind of like, you can help more kids this way. Like that's, that's exactly what they said. Yeah. And I think about that, you know, that this is because as a school librarian in a school, in a school, you, every student is your student. Right. And of course, you could argue as a, as a teacher, every student is still your student. Right. But truly, as a librarian, every student that walks through that school is your student. Yeah. Uh, walks through, walks through that door, those doors is your student. And that's that's important to me. Yeah. Right. All right. So you mentioned Pennsylvania. You mentioned teaching certificate and taking a praxis. Is there any requirement about um, like having a well, you didn't mention it, so there must not be, but is there a requirement about like a master's degree or graduate credit or something in, in library science? There's not. Uh, what's what's required is that you have the certification, you have a teaching certificate, and then that add-on of, of the certificate. And I should mention that I did get a, a master's in library science at one point about five years ago, just because I felt like I should uh, just because sometimes in Pennsylvania, and I don't know if this is like this anywhere else in the country, but, you know, they would kind of categorize librarians as praxis librarians or master's degree librarians. Uh, and okay. the, the praxis librarians, I felt like needed to stand up for themselves a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I just decided that if I was really going to continue in that position, to, to grow as, as much as I could that I, I needed to do that. So, yeah. so I did do that online from Clarion University here in Pennsylvania. That's good, very good. All right, so uh, how many years have you been at this high school library now? This is my 10th school year this year. Oh, yeah. All right. So what do you remember back from the very beginning? A lot of my listeners are early career librarians. And so they're always like stressed out. You know? <laughs> It's such a big adjustment, you know, transitioning right. to the library. But so what do you remember about your earliest years there? Well, I can tell you I'm still stressed out. Oh, no. <laughs> but I think that goes with the territory, uh, especially the current, uh, the current climate. But, you know, I was completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And I, I think part of that was just the fact that it was completely new to me, right? Mm -hmm. And I understand like if you had, if I had gone to school for that, probably I would have had a little more sense of some things. I did work in a library when I was in college or that, you know, those skills, some of the skills transferred, but, but, but not a ton of them. Yeah. But I, I really felt like I was overwhelmed and I felt like whatever project I was working on at any given moment, I should not be doing that. I should be doing something else and that I was never doing enough mm -hmm. because being in the library is such a monumental job and the job pulls you in so many different directions. And it's amazing when I would go to work and this still happens where I go to work and say, okay, today I'm gonna do these three or four things. Like that's what I'm really gonna focus on. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a student comes to you and they need this and, and you're, you're, you're pulled in these different directions or someone, the, the phone rings, you know, all that kind of stuff throws, throws you off. And I feel like I got really kind of almost disappointed that I didn't, I wasn't able to focus on my three or four things that I said I was going to do. So yeah, it, it pulls you in so many different directions and the, the overwhelmed feel, feeling 
I think it, it doesn't go away, but it just transforms itself mm-hmm. because I believe that, you know, nothing calms your nerves like preparedness right. and, and also just knowledge of what to expect. And as that grows, it definitely becomes, it, it becomes more manageable. But if, if you look on Twitter or Facebook, you'll see all these amazing librarians doing things that are incredible yeah. all the time. And sometimes I'm, I, I, I read that and I think, oh, should I be doing that? Or, or sh- so, so the, 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 te- the temptation to kind of lean into that feeling of not being adequate is very, very real. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would encourage anybody not to, to lean in, right? I mean, th- there are, there are situations where you will be the, the person to go through, to, to go to, to solve uh, problems. And, you know, I, I joke sometimes that the librarian can be like everyone's hero, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the interactions sometimes that people have with you, you're like solving their problems. And I would definitely focus on those, those moments where you can really find out how you can help somebody else and, and show them something they didn't know or, or solve a problem that they've, they've had. Yeah. So it's really just kind of identifying what the real goals are. There's things you want to do, you know, but there's real goals, you know, that, that like that, what you're just saying right now, you know, the building that relationship and being there for people um, is so very important. Yeah, definitely. All right. So if you could send some advice back to yourself when you were just starting out, what, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> I, I think that I would stress more than anything else to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And maybe you think, well, I don't, I don't, I don't need help. I can function, right. I can get to school and I can, I, I can do the things that a librarian does. Right. But at the same time, there are there's just so many people out there to, to help. And, and I mentioned Twitter and Facebook earlier, but locally here in Pittsburgh, we have an amazing affiliate of our state school library and association. And they're, they're just wonderful. And we have these meetings every once in a while. And uh, we had a lot pre COVID days. Uh, Now they're all, now they're all virtual, but there are groups of people out there to bounce ideas off of. And I got so much more out of talking to some of my colleagues across the county or across the state at some of these different functions than I, than I did from, from a lot of the things that I, that I read or, or maybe engaged with in, in graduate school. It was just someone saying, Oh yeah, we're doing that at my school. And, and here's what I did, or, oh, have you, have you heard of this? Have you heard of this book or have you heard of this app? So mm-hmm. I would definitely tell my, my former self to be a little more open to that. And I, I mentioned earlier about being overwhelmed. And I think that part of that was, I just didn't know what direction to go in because mm-hmm. the job is so big. And I feel like the, the best advice I could give anybody would be to find a direction to lean into that shows some of your talents and, and your passions. Um, and, and that for me kind of sprang out of my love of literacy and my love of, of books, like leaning into that was, was something where I really felt comfortable and really felt like I could have an impact. So I would, I would look for those places where, where you already have an interest or a talent and kind of make that part of your 
part of your goal. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's very practical. Very good. All right. So tell us about Pennsylvania right now. Like how are you um, con- running your library right now? Are you face to face? Are you remote? What's going on? We are 100% remote and we have been for the whole school year. Okay. So in my county in Pennsylvania, Allegheny County, we, we've had a lot of cases, particularly recently, uh, this, this last week, the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But my, my district basically said from the outset that we will not be in person until the cases in our county go down for a period of 14 days. And they have not done that since we've been back in school. And uh, so we've been uh, we've been 100 percent remote. We did have a handful of of special education students that I saw at at the school. Uh, So teachers were working from the building. But for the last few weeks, we're all working at home. Okay. And uh, that's just, again, kind of a a safety uh, safety precaution my district's Mm -hmm. taking right now. Uh, So we're we're all working from home. So for me, that looked like transitioning everything that I that I did in person in a virtual way in, in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, a lot of classroom visits, a lot of Zoom, Google Meet, you name it, we're there uh, moving some of our programming to to virtual platforms, too, which has been interesting. We do some some speaker and, and author visits, the book clubs, okay. taking those virtual. And then we, we're also doing a, a curbside pickup for uh, physical items in the library. Um, I'm at the high school, but we're, this is something we're doing in all of our buildings, just to make sure that if there's a book in our collection that a student could use, okay. we're going to make sure we can get it to them, whether, whether they're in the lobby at the school and they're going to come get them or I'm driving to somebody's house and putting it on the mailbox on the outside of their door. You know, we're, we're, we do, we don't want to hold the books hostage, right? <laughs> if we can get you a resource. We're going to bring it to your door. You're going to, you're going to get it from ours. I love that special delivery like that. Wow. Okay. So you're describing um, really a, a way like that you are, you're impacting your whole community really by doing these kind of services. But so describe a little bit, how do you see a librarian's influence on the campus? That's, that's a really good question and something I think about all the time. <laughs> and, you know, because influence that word, you know, like what, what is a librarian doing that maybe if the librarian wasn't there, this thing wouldn't be happening. And and for me, I, I think that that has a lot to do with some of the literacy programming that we do at our school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could talk about technology and talk about, you know, how we, we've kind of shifted all the teachers to Google and, and all the students to Google Classroom. And I, I've certainly played a role in that. that. That's not kind of my, my chief responsibility, but I do, I do play a role in that and, and, and responding to those emails and, and helping, helping teachers get what they need and students get what they need. But the literacy programming is really what I feel is, is my passion and what, what the influence I have on my, my particular campus. Mm -hmm. And, and that involves getting students to engage with literature, engage with, with, with people who create literature and creating those kind of experiences that they, they're not going to get in any other 
school or in any other situation. And um, th that that's really what my influence, I think, is as a librarian. Okay. And so when you're thinking about, you know, continuing this year and even on to, you know, possibly next year. Sure. How do you see that influence changing or, or what direction will it go? I don't know. But <laughs> uh, I, I know that it's going to... You know, a lot, we're going to have to get over a lot of our kind of um, apprehensions. I think about engaging students on uh, on Zoom or or on Google Meet, and and just kind of just kind of rolling with it. Uh, so I, I mentioned a little bit about literacy programming and uh, you know author visits mm -hmm. and. You know, Zoom, everyone in the world has Zoom, right? So if, if you're an author, you have it too. So just connecting <laughs> with kids, right? Hopefully uh, connecting with kids and, and, and some of these, these really influential people over Zoom too. And we had an event a couple weeks ago with an author named Lily King, who uh, wrote a book uh, that came out this year called Writers and Lovers, but our students read her 2014 book called Euphoria. Mm -hmm. And there's a great organization in Pittsburgh called Pittsburgh Arts and Lectures. And they do something they call authors to schools. So they try to connect these big authors with, with schools. Oh, nice. And we've worked, it's awesome. Uh, we've, we've worked with them for a number of years now. And, and we were able to do this, this visit with Lily King. And, you know, we've had authors in the, the building like in front of us and interacting we got to shake people's hands but there there was like a almost a a really different kind of intimacy to the the zoom call because okay. it was like the author in their own home and okay. the students are all in their homes yeah. and it's like we didn't even miss a beat it was just kind of like okay yeah we read your book here's some questions we have and she actually she led a writing work, workshop with some of the kids too and that was just so cool to be to be involved in that too um and 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 something else we're working on right now is trying to get a public library card for every student in our school district that's fantastic yeah yeah and it's actually been and and this is not this is not hyperbolic when i say this we've been we've been working on this for almost a decade there's just so many things that you have to jump through for this uh, because there's, there's data sharing and there's just, there's just, there's just a lot to, to work through. And we just got the board approval last month to be able to do this for our students. So wow. every student in our district is going to have public library card that will be theirs for life. That's they can be physical, digital, whatever. Um, it's, it's been, it's, I, I can't stop thinking about how awesome it's going to be once, once we get it uh, rolling. So this spring, we're kind of de deploying that and uh, cards are going to actually mail to the students' homes uh, because we can't do some sort of mass distribution mm -hmm. like we would, we would want to, yeah. but um, mail to your home is just as good, I think, right? Everyone likes getting mail and being able to, to literally, as soon as you get that envelope, take that card out go right to your computer, your device and access something that's for, and to have that number number for life. That, mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a huge, that's right. a huge deal. So mm -hmm. um, we're actually the first school in our County to be able to do that. So we're really, really excited. That's awesome. Yeah. So now your influence is spreading even further because other people are going to grab onto that idea, hopefully. And 
and be able to emulate that. Yes, we're, we're the pilot for the county. So hopefully we'll have other people in our area, other schools in our area be able to, to copy exactly what, what we did. But you're right. And I think thinking about your board, how you said it was just approved by the board, there, there are so much so many steps that you wouldn't think of, you know, when you just think, oh, yeah, we're going to get everybody a library. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> Including the uh, fixing typos on the MOU, like half hour before it was going to vote that I didn't catch the first 50 times that it, it was read. I, I don't know how I missed that, but uh, well, maybe like you can write too. an article about it and put, you know, send it to AASL or something so people can get ideas from it would be awesome yeah it's a, it's a good idea i think um, okay so you mentioned literacy programming that sounds like a really big um emphasis for you is, is there anything in particular that you want to share with the audience sure there, there are two things that really speak to me about literacy programming and i talked about leaning into my love of literature and love of books and that being part of kind of what i do in the library and Almost seven years ago now, uh, another teacher and I uh, named uh, this, this teacher's named Jason Coleman. He's a colleague of mine. And we trying to have our students interact with just for lack of a better way, like cool, influential people that happen to live in Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> um, which there are many. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh is a great city and there's just just a lot of awesome people here who, who do awesome things. So we started what we call the Woodland Hills Interaction Series. And I describe it to people as a speaker series just so they know what the heck I'm talking about. But we, we call it an interaction series because there's a very little kind of like speaking to the students uh, as uh, like speaking at them rather. Okay. It is a, a back and forth of ideas. Uh, and, and Usually we're, we're talking about, we have, we have guests in who have written books at, because it's a library, right? And we have students read their writing and then be able to meet them. I mentioned Pittsburgh Arts and Lectures earlier who, have, who has this great Authors to Schools program. So we've had a lot of their authors uh, come through. And we've also just had people who, who happen to live in Pittsburgh or have, have been through on tour that we've kind of sent emails to and begged and pleaded and, and people have come to, to meet our kids. Mm -hmm. And we've had 31 or 32 people now since we've done it. Wow. We've had Pulitzer Prize winners. We've had National Book Award winners. We've had New York Times bestsellers. We, we've had just so many awesome people. And I, I'm, I'm just, I, I just get giddy when I talk about it because it's, it's just, it's one of the best things that that we do and you know i i believe that that that's kind of the kind of experience that can really be life-changing mm -hmm. you know i i've been a reader my whole life i can't tell you the first time i met an author i probably was buying a ticket and paying to see somebody in my in my early 20s right uh, or going to a book signing somewhere right these these kids are like oh yeah who's coming today what's what's going on uh, what what time do we have to be down the lot and it's like so ordinary to them that they're having these experiences and I really believe that when a student can connect mm -hmm. with a creator like that yeah. it 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 can change an, an entire life there, mm -hmm. there there's just no other way to put it mm -hmm. it can it can really change someone's whole life and 
that's what I think we're doing with these events. Maybe that sounds really lofty, but yeah. I, I think I think what we're doing is a little bit of that um, because because this is just something that they're not they wouldn't be getting otherwise or or getting in an in a in another setting. Like, I, I, how many times have you been reading a book and thinking like, well, why did the author do that? Mm-hmm. A lot of the a lot of times the kids can go actually ask like say, hey, why did you do that? Sometimes they don't like the answer, but uh, they can actually you know, engage in that. And that's, that's awesome. So is it like a one day, like when you have the person, is it? Yeah, it's, it's usually just like a, just a one, one day, like one, one hour, two hours. Uh, The, the person comes in the library, we smooth and talk and uh, the kids come in and then it's go time. And we do a, you know, kind of a question and answer. And a lot of times the, the, the author sticks around to take pictures and sign books and you know all that kind of cool stuff that 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 kids kids get to do so um yeah it's great it's very neat so within a school year how many of these do you have we have we we try to have five uh, but you know COVID has made things difficult mm-hmm. but we're we're still we're still going through it we're still like, like I mentioned, Zoom provides it just a whole new way of communicating with people. So there, there are, um, there are definite op- opportunities there. And I, I feel like the, the impact has not changed. The impact is still what I mentioned it, it was, uh, even over this kind of platform. Okay. All right. So are, are there any other kinds of literacy programming that you, you wanted to share with the audience? Yes. Uh, the, the other one that I get just as excited about is uh, what I call, and, and I, I, haven't, I haven't, what do you say, trademarked this uh, because I don't, I, I don't know if I invented it or not, but I, I'll take any credit if, if, if you want to give it to me. Uh, but but it's, called, it's called the Readathon Day. And this, this started probably about five or six years ago. Basically, there was a there was a group in our area that was planning a month of activities around Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, and we were one of the schools that was going to have an activity. And I thought, like, well, what can we do about Fahrenheit 451 that would be like a, an activity? And I, I went with like the most simplistic thing possible, which was, well, that book is about burning books, so why don't we have a day where we celebrate books? Right now, that book is about much, much, much more than burning books, uh, but you know that's that's the crux. So I thought, let's just have a day where we just talk about books all day. So what that turned into was a, a full day where students come into the library and they are in kind of like in an audience and they just filter in all day and they will hear an adult or a, a peer or a you know community member, a teacher, reading a passage of a book aloud. Okay. So the idea was a continuous day of nonstop just reading. So, uh, and, and basically teachers can pick whatever they want, a reader can pick whatever they want to read and they just read. Mm-hmm. And they talk a little bit about maybe what they're going to read before they do, why reading is important to them. And then they kind of launch into hmm. a passage. Okay. And, you know, it was, it was such a great day when we did it the first time. 
And, you know, I was kind of cleaning up after it. And one of the teachers said, so when are you doing the next one of these? <laughs> and it hadn't even dawned on my mind that, oh yeah, I could do, I could do this more than once. So we started doing it twice a year. We do a spring and a fall readathon day. And it's just been, it's been awesome. We, we just have like the, 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 the format is very simple, right? You just, you need students and you need readers. Uh, and I actually made a website. Uh, I presented a, at a couple conferences about this idea, how anyone can kind of launch a readathon. So the, the website is readathonday.org. And I have all the resources that you would need to kind of plan and create one of these. Um, if, as far as like inviting people, I have an invitation that you can use, uh, a schedule, uh, you know, how you can put readers in a, in a schedule and, and kind of figure out um, how, to, how to plan that. But I just ask everyone who, who reads to do like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, a passage and, and, and just, you know, try to, try to keep it interesting, try to entertain the students and, and talk about why reading has been formative in, in, in your life. And, and that's what we've been doing with these. And I, I kind of keep track based on what people share. I have like a PowerPoint that kind of rolls through and the book covers up there, plus the, the person's name who's reading. And then if I don't have the book that they're reading in the library, I try to get it because kids will come up as soon as you're done reading something. I need that. <laughs> That's I said, well, I was going to read it eighth period. Can you come back at the end of the day and I'll, I'll have for you. I'll put it aside for you. Like that, that's what being a librarian is all about, right? Getting, getting that kind of excitement about something and in the moment excitement, right? Like you told me about something I've never heard of before and now I must consume it, right? Now I must make it mine. <laughs> Um, and, and that, that is what happened with these, with these events. Very so cool. this, you know, we had one last, so the last one we've done in person, sadly was last November okay. and we were, were we were going to have one in April and, uh, you know, kind of for like school library month and all that kind of stuff. Right. And COVID hit. So we, we took to Flipgrid to do kind of a modified one of these. Basically, I sent a Flipgrid link out to all the people I would normally invite, and they were able to do it on Flipgrid. And I thought it was, I thought it was great. You know, it, it's it's different, but but it's still the same purpose, right? You're you're highlighting why reading is important, and you're highlighting a book or an author that that has meant something to you. You know, it, it's like when you tell somebody a song that really moved you, and you're, you're kind of like. You, you let you, you, you let a guard down. It's like a really kind of a vulnerable thing, right? Um, and a lot of people don't want to share, uh, but a lot of people do. And the people who do are just have, have continually just blown me away. Um, and, and, you know, when I started this Readathon Day project, I did not have children of my own. And, and now I have two. And there is just something that is so magical about sitting down with a child and reading to them mm -hmm. that it, it, it's, it's magic. That's the only way you can describe it. And when I think about my high school students, I, I think, well, when is the last time someone like tried to recreate that for them? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if they're, if they're, their mom and dad is not, it's not probably not sitting down and, and cozying up to them and reading. Although, um, I, I fear for my children as to what kind of parent I will be when they are, <laughs> uh, but, but at the same time, like it, it's about recreating that magic a little bit, 
And, you know, I love reading because I remember so vividly my mother sitting down and reading with me. Like, I remember that. I remember our trips to the library. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the time I could tell my teacher, well, you know, I actually don't go to the children's room anymore. <laughs> other room, right? Like, the, those those things were so formative in me. So I guess like li- being a librarian and libraries have kind of been knocking at me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm so lucky that it, this, this is where I wound up. Definitely, most definitely. All right, so you've had some really good ideas that you've shared. So when the, our listeners are thinking about themselves and literacy program, like what kind of advice do you have for them? Well, I would say that try anything. You know, I I mentioned about being overwhelmed, right? And I feel like if you hear about something like a a literacy program that's been going on for X number of years, like that sounds kind of a little overwhelming maybe, but I would say try anything that you can. You know, this readathon day, you can completely steal it. I'm encouraging you to steal it. You can go to the website and download all the the help and 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 do this. Um, and maybe you don't want to do a whole day. Maybe you think you can only do a couple periods or whatever. You don't know how this will will snowball. You don't know where anything that you plan will lead. And just like when we started having these authors come in, right? You know, a, a lot of that credit is due to the fact that we have awesome organizations in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And once other people found out like, oh, you had this person that they, they were like, like we've never paid a dime for anybody to, to come in. That's and it's just because people want to, people are, people are so generous uh, to, 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 to offer their time and talents when they know that they're going to be well-prepared students on the other side of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just, try anything and, and, and just trust, trust the fact that it's going to lead somewhere mm-hmm. uh, positive and maybe lead, lead to something else. Right. And you'll get better as it, at it, uh, you know, each time you, you do it. I, I remember like the first readathon day we had, I, I was like reading filler in between because I didn't want the reading to stop. And I was so worried about like this, that, and the other. And, and we've been doing it so long that I don't even have to read anymore. Like I'm not even on the schedule just because there's so many people That's amazing. To, to fit in. Right. Uh, I'm sure everyone's relieved that I, I don't have to read anymore. Uh, but, but I, I, I just, you, you don't know where things will, will take you. Um, so just, just find those things that speak to you and, and run with them. And, and I think you'll be amazed at what kind of impact you can have. All right. Well, Kevin, it's been so much fun talking to you today. And, and you've got some really creative ideas. Where, where do you find your ideas? Like, where do you go to when you're still trying to, to learn and stay sharp? I mentioned that we have just a great local affiliate in, in the Pittsburgh area for the Pennsylvania State Library Association. But I've been involved with PSLA for, for a number of years. I've done a couple of their leadership academies you know they're, they're on twitter and i i love looking at twitter and searching for there's, there's a lot of great librarians to follow follow on twitter and, and look to see what they're doing there and you know i would i would just seek out any of those organizations and also aasl is great too and even if you don't want to join although i would recommend you do their website is 
amazing and has so, so many resources on it. I, I teach graduate courses in technology for a company called Eduspire. And I, I feel like having to teach teachers how to use technology has really helped me mm -hmm. stay sharp because inevitably, like I, I teach a, an, an AR and, and VR course and inevitably each time I teach it, a teacher's like, hey, what about this one? You didn't mention this one or have you heard of this one? Like yeah. there's literally so much out there that, that you just, it's amazing what you can learn just by talking to other teachers. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I would just try to connect with those people that are doing the same thing you are. Yeah. Um, and that, that is really where a lot of my, my focus has, has come from. Yeah. And, and right now I am hosting a 10 day Twitter holiday, Twitter challenge, and just trying to help people learn, you know, how to tweet because so many people are, they're used to the Facebook way, you know, doing things. So every day is a little tip. So anybody who's listening, if you want to jump in on the challenge, it'll be for the uh, one more week past this this um, podcast that you're listening to, but so many awesome people out there. To, and I, I call it building your library squad. You know that that's your people. You gotta gotta find them and connect and keep growing. So that's awesome that you're doing all that. All right. So if they want to, if our listeners want to find you online, Kevin, so they can keep learning from you, where are you most active? Where are they going to find you at? I am active on Twitter for both my my library and I have a a personal account too, which has more, you know, dad jokes and, and things of that nature or, or, or things that, uh, that probably shouldn't be, you know, there's nothing on there terrible. It's just, just half, half jokes and just things like that. Uh, but I have a Facebook for my library. You can follow there and, uh, an Instagram for the library and, uh, a personal Instagram, uh, too. But I'd say, if the readathon day idea was something that you uh, were interested in, you could check out readathonday.org and there's a contact box on there. I, I'm really happy to assist in any way I can. I even have a video on there about how to do it on Flipgrid since it's different. Yeah. I know I know some schools, some schools may be in session, but but a lot of schools aren't right now. So uh, it's just about about doing that too. So so yeah, anywhere. You can find me. I'll I'll get back to you. All right, that's awesome. Okay, so listeners, if you're if you want to go back to the the show notes, that's where we'll have all of the links to the different things for you to be able to click and follow and find his readathon day um, website or the different you know Twitter accounts or Facebook accounts or Instagram accounts. Um, look at the show notes at the blog, which is www.larshineman.com. Um, or also, if you're just listening straight from the podcast player, you know, go to the description and there'll be a button there, a link for you to click and you'll be able to find, um, get access to the show notes. But Kevin, thanks so much for sharing with us today. It's been fun getting to know you and I look forward to following you more and, and to keep learning from you. So thanks for all the inspiration. Thank you, Laura. It's a lot of fun.